0: This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you
1: can find us at UnsocialSpectators.com and also at UnSpectators on Twitter. Welcome everyone to episode 10 of uh, Unsocial Spectators. Episode 10, holy shit, oh, we fingers. we haven't podfaded <laughs> Every podcast I know is faded by 10. Uh, usually if you get to 10, you'll go further, but most, uh, maybe 90%, 95% fade by 10, you
0: know? What, what, what do you think the problem is with the fading so quickly?
1: Uh, people grow disinterested or frustrated because no one's listening, you know? Uh, me, I I can care less if anyone's uh, listening, you know? Yeah. Uh, I do it for fun, you know? It gives me a chance to have a scheduled talk with a friend, so...
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... The- Good That's enough for thing. me, yeah.
1: All right, let me get uh, get your screen in the right place so I can see you. There we go. All righty.
0: So uh, that, that, that glare is bothering me. <laughs> that, it, that glare, yeah.
1: It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother the listeners either. Oh no, it's the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so maybe next time you can just put a curtain over it or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Once I figure out how to get, I don't know, like I've got just pillows on my couch so that even when I sit on the couch that it's soft, so it doesn't hurt. Uh, but, uh, I can't, I need to find a chair or a beanbag or something that's just super soft that Uh-oh. I can sit on the floor and, and do, cause I just can't sit straight up cause it's like, two prongs stabbing me in the back oh uh, okay like, and it feels like a kidney stone
1: yeah uh, yeah i can understand that i'm glad my kidney infection went away i was scared that you know i was gonna get dialysis or something because it was just frightening me
0: yeah uh it's not shit you want to fuck
1: with no so i do have a story this <laughs> week <laughs> All right. uh, so this was when i was in high school um yep. i was in chemistry class and uh, we had you know uh, you have your buns and burners out on the table and uh uh well, the teacher left the room for a little bit. She had to go do something. And I came up with a brilliant idea. I'm sure I'm not the first one. Uh, I took the, the, the Bunsen burner and hooked it up to the water supply. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so you could squirt it, and you could adjust the uh, the water, and I was squirting people all over the room. <laughs> and then she came back, and I hurriedly uh, hooked it back up to the gas. Well, I got water. It was in the winter. I got water into the gas supply at school. They had to close the school down for a whole day because I fucked up the gas system. (laughs) They had to purge all the gas valves and the pipes in school and get the water out. Uh, so, we got an entire day off, and nobody narked on me. Really? Like, the next day, uh, the vice principal came in, asked everybody who did this. Everyone was afraid to say me. I had this look on my face like, I'm going to kick your ass if you say anything. <laughs> but wow. isn't in that amazing? You would think someone would... Yeah, you know, I mean, anonymously tell, but they were also happy they got a free day off of school. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it was a benefit. It wasn't like <laughs> a, it was hurting anything. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was just some high school hijinks. No,
1: total hijinks. I loved hijinks. It was the yeah. best. I think they knew it was me too, but nobody narked on me. I'm just sitting there. <laughs> Poker face looking at him like Uh eh, no one's saying shit are they, you know. So yeah, one of my stories from uh, the crazy part of my life.
0: High school was the crazy time in
1: your life? Uh yeah, it was pretty crazy. I got more stories, man. They're coming.
0: I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like I probably had more high school stories. Than any other, like, college, I don't think I have, like, many great stories.
1: I got a shitload of them after in college, too. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean the, the, the coolest thing, like, I think I did in college, I mean, was just, like, going to see college football at, like, every Texas college. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, I you know, I went to UNT and just, we played Oklahoma. So driving up there and seeing a game there was was just impressive. A and M, you uh, you know, UT. Um, I'm just trying to think if I mean, what kind of hijinks did I do? in well, hi, I I drank a lot in high school, so my hijinks were a little, you know, screwed up because I was fucking around too much with with alcohol. So I would go drink and party and stuff like. I started drinking when I was 15 and so me and my buddy Rich would go out and go party and so there was in Dallas like if you're we lived in Rowlett so in Dallas we would head to Dallas and there was this it's now a prep school mm-hmm. but there was a roadside inn at 30 and fuck I cannot remember what that exit I want to say Carol. But you know that east side of Dallas. Yeah. This this was just a rundown motel that they would rent to anyone. And and people would go party. And so, like, high school kids could rent rooms and you could go up there and sure. party. But then there would be, like, adult partying, too. So sure. it was a, a weird mix of that kind of stuff. But uh, we never shut down the school. <laughs> we always just... I. I <laughs> I would go. I would drink during lunch. I would go out to my car and like I had beer and shit like in my trunk. I don't know why. It was just to do it.
1: Um, I took LSD. Uh, uh for my, when I took my SATs, <laughs> I, was tripping, I was tripping. I was tripping on uh, uh, thirteen seventy on acid.
0: Well, well done, sir.
1: Not bad. I took it again and I got a fourteen eighty five. So
0: holy shit. So
1: maybe not the best thing to do on acid, but oh well.
0: (laughs) Better than a driver's test.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, (laughs) I I used to I used to sell LSD in school. You know. Oh really? Yeah, weed, LSD.
0: I only knew weed guys. I never smoked weed in high school. I only drank. I, I drank a lot. And uh, I don't know. I was probably trying to figure something out of myself. And that was probably why. We One time, me and my buddy Rich, though, he somehow got a hold of like a nitrous oxide uh-huh. gas tank. Yeah. And we and we drove around sitting in the back of his truck doing hits off that while his brother drove. <laughs> And it's like, I think about now the insanity of finding something like that and then just inhaling it straight off the nozzle. Oh, sure. And having no idea, you assume that that's what it is because your friend is telling you that what it, that's what it is. But sure. I don't know if I have that kind of trust like I did as a kid. Or is it just ignorance? Because you would just go, oh, well.
1: You're a kid. This. You're a kid. You're indestructible, you know. Um, I got way more drug stories. I gotta bank them right now for future podcasts.
0: (laughs) Though. All right then. So, what did you watch this week? Uh,
1: first of all, uh, let's get to our uh, 1965 movies. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I watch, uh, you know, uh, Cat Baloo again. Uh, just to refresh it I forgot how good it was Uh, Lee Marvin was spectacular Uh, he won the Oscar that year and uh, AFI uh, in 2008 uh, said it was in the top 10 westerns of all time so yeah I totally recommend I'm a huge western buff I love westerns man I grew yeah. up watching them with my father, you know. We would watch Westerns and like Dirty Harry movies and Charles Bronson. Watch them all the time on uh, TV, you know. So, yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, But uh, we talked, I talked a lot about it last week. So if you want to hear my review, go check it out on last week's show. But I totally recommend that movie. Uh, What what was your pick from 1965?
0: Uh, Major Dundee. It was a Sam Peckinpah film. And uh, I kind of dig his stuff. I know he was a big influence on Quentin Tarantino and I had never seen this, so I thought I'd check it out. It's got Charlton Heston in it playing fucking Charlton Heston. Yeah. It's, it's a movie about a, um, a man who wants war and he's, it's the civil war and it's Charlton Heston and he's been assigned. You, you get kind of a backstory that he's not a great soldier. So he's been assigned to jail duty. Oh, okay. So, so all the, um, southern prisoners are um locked down and he's in charge and so a nearby uh, encampment that also had kind of a, a soldier area uh, i can't remember exactly but it was it was mainly families and uh had been hit by the indians and so they had discovered this and uh the only survive. they said they said the way Indians kill is they slaughter everyone and they take the young males. Yeah. And they raise them as warriors. And they said, well, how many do you think they took? And they think they estimate maybe three kids. And this becomes this guy's white whale. He's, he's gonna save these three kids. And he's running to prison. He's got, he has no staff. His staff is uh, Timothy Hutton's dad. Uh, oh shit, is it Charles Hutton? I want to say Charles Hutton, but uh, look Jim Hutton. Oh, okay. And he looks like such a young kid in this. It's so weird to see him. I mean, it looks like Timothy Hutton. And he's kind of the only soldier who follows the rules at first uh, and, and tries to be a soldier and realizes this isn't, this is the, this is a suicide squad. This is a, um, Uh, A bunch of misfits, kind of like the
1: Dirty Dozen.
0: Dirty Dozen, exactly. And so Heston gets it up his ass. Major Dundee gets it up his ass. He's going to go track down these Indians. He's going to he's going to kill them and slaughter them, and he's going to get these kids back. He's all for these three survivors, you know. But he thinks it will look so good in the eyes of the government, he'll get promoted. And you pretty much get the idea that this guy's an asshole from everyone there. There's even a Southern soldier who at one point served over him and helped uh, get him demoted. Uh, so uh, they he, he's the leader of the Southern prisoners. And so he recruits anyone he can get to help go after these Indians. And it includes prisoners, horse thieves. I mean, basically anybody society doesn't want. Yeah. And uh, and puts them together and goes on the hunt for them and just gets his ass handed to him along the way. Wow. He is not ready to. He is not ready to fight Indians. He is not ready for any of this shit. And all he does is end up losing all the all these people's lives. And it's just there's no winners. Oh man, then there's no winners in any of it. So it's like you're watching this as they go along. And at the last fight, they like cross into Texas. I think is that, or I, I, I'm trying to remember if that's the barrier that they cross into. They've all been like just barely making it. But the guy, Jim uh, Hutton, goes, All accounted for. And there's like maybe a dozen people left. And you realize at this point in the, the date that the Civil War's been over.
1: <laughs> Whoa, that's and, Texas.
0: Yeah, and uh, and that they're still just trying to get to a, a safe encampment at this point.
1: Well, I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds pretty yeah. good.
0: Now, the cool stuff I read about it was uh, just Charlton Heston, uh, because he gave up his whole paycheck to keep the director on. Oh, uh, Peckinpah? Pa? Pe. Yeah, because this was when Peckinpah created that rebel attitude. He showed up drunk all the time on set. Yeah, He was out of control. It, they said that uh, uh, Charlton Heston directed really most of the film on his own, but Sam was his friend, so he wanted to keep his job for him.
1: Yeah, Peckinpah may be one of the most legendary asshole directors
0: of all time. Yeah, you know? yeah they said he was mean to everybody. It mm-hmm. didn't matter. But Heston was his friend. So, giving up a whole Hollywood paycheck just so your friend will keep his job.
1: Uh, Look, Heston, uh, he may have been a little wacky on the gun rights front, but he was really uh, for civil rights and, uh, you know, a lot of other good things. So... Uh, I really have always respected Heston, you know, a yeah, yeah. really good actor.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I love Planet of the Apes. I love Omega Man. Those are two of my like essential post-apocalyptic films. Uh, soul so
1: well. Green.
0: and Green. Another one. Yeah. Just that really one. I, gets, I'm uh, just okay with because it's not, I don't know. There's more action than the other one. Man, Omega Man's so weird because it's supposed to be the last man on Earth, and there's so many people in that movie. Yeah,
1: I love Edward G. Robinson in, uh, Soul and Solon Green—just really good yeah, well, stuff, you know.
0: One of his last movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he was ill while he was filming that, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I read that he was ill, so all his scenes he's sitting down.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh,
0: Nature Dundee, I gotta say, like, I recommend it just for, uh, it... Hested is great, Jim Hutton's great, Slim Pickens is in it. Oh, I mean, there's boy. Like a, there's a cavalcade of comedic Western icons that uh-huh. you'll see playing, you know, these degenerates. And... and He puts a spin on it that, you know, uh, that pays off. Like, all these guys, I mean, when they enlist the southern soldiers, the southern soldiers suddenly have to work with the black soldiers.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Yeah, so there's just this constant tension that he plays with, and I recommend the extended cut, uh, because I read, like, some of the scenes that were taken out. If you look it up on Wikipedia, that it tells you, like, there's, like, a big chunk that was taken out on the initial release, because the final cut is a producer's cut they were able to restore all the essential so it's not really a director's cut it was just put together with all the film footage they had and then they took the soundtrack and made it stereo the dvd we had allowed you to play the original mono soundtrack if you wanted Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we went with the with the new updated one um i mean it it's for I always know Peck and Paw for the Wild Bunch and kind of a small Western shooting of four or a small Western with like four people. Yeah. This is much on a grander scale. There's, you're in the Civil War, there's just dead people everywhere. Awesome. So you're just, yeah. So, so he'll do a pad of just the field of war and death and then pull up and then there's just more bodies.
1: Oh, man.
0: So. Yeah, some of those crane shots just really pay off on the epicness of the war. And, uh, oh, I forgot to you know, the guy he plays counter to is Richard Harris. Richard Harris plays, like, this, uh, um, he's the leader of the southern unit that's in the prison. And those two play so fucking good off each other that that's what, really, the film is those two. Like, can they get along? Can they do this? Uh, and when does he see that this guy's lost his mind in chasing down this thing that he'll never get?
1: Yeah, Harris is an amazing actor, man. I love him. Yeah. Just... No, I
0: have to. I have to tell uh, Shelby. I go. He's he was Dumbledore until he passed away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, did you watch any uh, other Gen X movies?
0: No. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did I. But, oh, no, I don't watch any old shit. No, I didn't write anything down. It's been a rough week.
1: <laughs> uh, so I watched, uh, I think it was John Carpenter's first movie, uh, Dark Star. Dark Star? Yes. Weird Flick. You know,
0: uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time.
1: A comedy sci-fi with not much comedy and not much sci-fi. You know.
0: Well, it, it was a student budget. Like, yeah, that was I know. Kind of his student film uh, per se, but it got like a a major release.
1: Yeah, um, it was hard to watch, but it was forgivable. You know, you yeah. you know there wasn't thirty. 60 grand budget or something like that, you know, just nothing. But, uh, I loved it. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it, you know, for what it le- was.
0: That guy learned how to make, I mean, he never went back to sci-fi until he went to do the thing. Uh-huh. He, he knew what his budgets were. And he made assault on precinct 13, the fog Halloween, all on nothing. Uh, I mean, because he just—I mean, Darkstar. That's why there is a little sci-fi in it, because he didn't have no money. Oh yeah, he was an independent guy back in the day.
1: Yeah, you can't. It's hard to do sci-fi on that kind of budget. I mean, it's just—I'm—I'm I'm surprised there weren't stick figures, and the—and <laughs> the alien, which is basically a big balloon. I mean, it's just crazy shit, you know.
0: Uh, The prisoner was a big balloon. The keepers. Yeah, Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that that. was a
1: nod. Man, I I loved that show when I was a kid. You know. Um, I also watched uh, uh, Steel Dawn.
0: Oh, Patrick Swayze.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely in my wheelhouse. It was the first time I watched it, uh, but it yeah. is a super Gen X movie. Oh, yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, that, was, uh, that wasn't that was bad at all, you know? Uh, Patrick
0: would... Swayze was such a critical part of, like, growing up and, like, the films he did. He was, like, the older Big Brother in Red Dawn, um to to women he was the sexy dancer in um uh dirty dancing yeah. you know and then he was the badass in Roadhouse
1: yeah exactly <laughs> just and everybody uh, wanted to see. yeah everybody uh loved him in those films you know
0: oh uh, and then then the outsiders i forgot about that he's the big brother in there
1: yeah yeah, outsiders really underrated film I think, you know. Pretty yeah. good stuff. And,
0: so and his, many his, under, his underrated performances in Donnie Darko.
1: Oh, I don't remember him
0: in that, yeah. He's the he's the uh religious uh molester person. Oh, that's right. And he's very clean cut. This is like he's a lot older at this point. I I think this was uh, when he started getting sick, um, huh. so he looks a little leaner. But man, he he just kills in the, that performance. He's so good. Man,
1: I need to give that a rewatch. Just, uh I saw in the theater, and I haven't seen it since. So yeah, I need oh, wow. to watch it. Man, I
0: didn't get to see that in the theater. I had to, that was a home home view.
1: Um. uh So, uh, I took your advice. Oh, another, uh, uh, Gen X movie, um, the Philadelphia experiment.
0: Oh, the, yeah. Where they have the ship is supposed to time travel. Yeah. Yeah, Teleport, I can't remember.
1: No, uh, time travel, it it, uh, goes in the, he and his other friend go into the future. It's Michael Perret and uh, 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 what was her name from uh, RoboCop? and uh black
0: uh Nancy Allen?
1: Yeah, Robocop and Blowout, you know. Blowout.
0: Oh, she's so good in those. Yeah, yeah. Uh
1: yeah, I think uh, Nancy Allen is uh one of my favorite actresses, you know. She's really good in those films.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean it, it, Robocop, she's so good in that. Yeah. Just having to play off of both him and when he turns.
1: Uh, yeah, speaking of Peter Waller, I saw one of my. F- speaking of Peter Waller and LSD, uh, one, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite films to watch while taking hallucinogenics, Naked Lunch.
0: Oh, uh, that's. Uh, no, I wouldn't want.
1: Oh, yeah. Now. Oh, no. yeah. You, uh, you, uh, David Cronenberg's just amazing film, Naked Lunch. I remember, uh, uh, my father and mother had a huge library when I was growing up. We had maybe seven bookcases for yeah. all the way. He made them from the, uh, top of the bottom, maybe seven all over the house.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Your house that was out in... Um,
1: in Lucas.
0: Murphy. Yeah, oh, Lucas. Yeah. Lucas. Okay.
1: yeah, you remember yeah. all the books they had.
0: Fuck yeah, that uh, was
1: awesome. Uh, yeah, so I read Naked Lunch, I think I was maybe 13 or something like that, you know. My father... did
0: understand what was going on?
1: Sort of. Uh, but... Uh, uh, my father actually recommended it to me. You know, uh, we had a weird library. We had everything from Naked Lunch to Mind Comp to you know just everything that you could imagine. They had a huge collection of UFO, uh, cryptid stuff. You know, like uh, Bermuda Triangle stuff. They loved all anarchist, that. Anarchist
0: Anarchist Cookbook? Uh
1: no, I had that. <laughs> <You know.
0: laughs> I was gonna say, I mean for going from there, the next step is the Anarchist Cookbook. Uh,
1: yeah, so uh yeah, they had all kinds of crazy shit. Uh but uh I I read I asked him, what's the weirdest book you've ever read? he handed it to me. He said, Good luck. <laughs> And See, I,
0: I try to watch, like, happier, lighter stuff when I'm just getting high or smoking weed, you know, just to be entertained. I put on cartoons and shit. I realized after, like, a while, Pink Floyd's not the best thing to be watching.
1: Oh, it's awesome. Just awesome. It is,
0: it, it, it is, but man, it's like when the animation goes. But just the overall darkness of everything—that story just creeps in your head after a while. That's yeah, not a fun it, rewatch.
1: It never bothered me, uh, but I would watch things like uh, Exorcist Three on Acid.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, give that a try. You know, don't uh, stay away from Hellraiser.
0: Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, that's just scary sober, man. Yeah,
1: I know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would watch that, and I would watch Holy Mountain.
0: Have uh, you, the topo.
1: Have you seen uh, Holy Mountain?
0: No, you showed me the trailer for Holy Mountain, and I was just like, what the f-? fuck is this
1: yeah what the fuck is right man <laughs> R- really cool shit
0: but all, sh- all his movies are insane though oh yeah i you know did you see that story this week about his yeah. uh dune project
1: yeah the crypto bro dumbasses
0: <laughs> they bought his production pre-production book of just really artwork and what he wanted to do with the film and yeah. thought they had the rights to make the movie
1: <laughs> I mean uh oh we're smart crypto bros, but we we're gonna spend what three and a half million uh or something crazy like that? Uh make Is
0: that what it was? Oh three
1: God. and a half million, I think. And uh, we're not gonna take the time to hire a lawyer? And what's crazy to me, there were 10 of those books. It's not like there was the original or something like that, but you don't know anything about IP law before you spend three and a half million dollars.
0: I got to figure out a con to get their money. (laughs) Cause if they don't use an attorney for a purchase like that, then what the fuck? I need some of that money. Let's build our own Dune books and sell them on eBay.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's a good idea. Uh, We should make uh, uh, crypto t-shirts that say, I'm a crypto bro or something (laughs) stupid like that. You know? Uh, But yeah. Ask
0: me about crypto.
1: (laughs) Um. Uh, I took your advice. I saw Moneyball. Yeah, what'd you think? I uh, I really enjoyed it. I I'm a kind of a, a amateur baseball historian, so I really enjoyed, you know, the, that that stuff, you know, baseball history and you know, kind well, of. Well,
0: I had read the the book, and uh-huh. the book is stats it's really a book about math and yeah. and and it it's very little of the character and so that Aaron Sorkin lifted it and told that part so well I loved it I yeah. mean and re-watching it just made me like it even more I, I just I miss sports in the sense of like it being enjoyable and now you go and it's political or I mean I just think every level of pro and college is corrupt at this point. I can't so. watch
1: sports. I can't watch it. I just Yeah. Uh
0: yes.
1: a football game, I'm just No, stop it. Stop it. You know, I I don't care uh in between you uh, during halftime, they there's this a dramatic uh, pulling of the heart strings of, of one no I just want to watch it stop yeah, it's,
0: it. It, what, it, it it's gotten down to me like it's, it's you're just watching million, millionaires either be happy or sad depending on who you're watching and the owners are billionaires that are just going to be happy no matter what
1: yeah if I, Gary jo-
0: I, I live off of Jerry Jones tears <laughs> we need more of that. We we need more of those in the world.
1: Uh I did watch uh, one of my favorite uh films of all time, uh five star in my book. Uh yeah. Har- Harvey.
0: Harvey uh is this Ernest Borg time? 19,
1: no, no, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart, Stewart nineteen fifty Uh, The Invisible Rabbit. Yes. Uh, You can watch it on the Criterion channel. Just a perfect movie. A perfect movie, you know. One of those films where when you watch... I mean, I've seen it maybe four or five times. Whenever you watch it, you just... You believe that Invisible Rabbits are real, you know.
0: Well, it's Jimmy Stewart.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it, if uh, somebody said, you know, I want to watch something with my family, what should I see? Watch that, you know? Uh, watch yeah. it with their kids or whatever, because it's really worth a watch. And it holds up, too, you know? Yeah. But,
0: I do remember what I watched this week. I do remember a, a weird... Because I've been trying to watch more international films. And uh, uh, we dropped Netflix. And Hulu had a movie called Attraction. Which is about like an alien invasion. But it's a Russian film. And it was made like in 2017. Um, kind of a fun action flick. You know, it... I would say it's probably maybe B or C quality sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just about like in the middle of this, uh, there is like this cool-ass ship that just crash lands in Russia and uh, it's them trying to deal with it and the people that are enclosed in it and then these aliens come out and they have these big fucking like CGI suits so they look very fake, but then you find out there are like humans in it. And uh, uh, you know, it was okay for an action flick, but I always love seeing like how other countries live and do and 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 attempt these kinds of like uh, sci-fi invasions. Mm-hmm. How 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 would they treat it differently? And what, what's their story to tell? Because um, like they did, I saw a Russian superhero movie called Guardians. It had the kick most kick-ass trailer. And it's the worst piece of shit, man. It, I, I struggled to get through that movie. And it was like, I just wanted to see the the heroes of Russia, what they stood for and how they were badass. I mean, there was a dude that was like a half bear in that. The, and I was like, that's cool <laughs> as fuck. And it was just like, it was just bad CGI fighting.
1: Uh, I, I love Russian films. You know, uh, they're uh, just... Usually, uh, really good films. Not all of them, but, uh, the ones we get are usually pretty good. I mean, uh, Solaris is badass, you know. Oh, yeah. Just fantastic. Um, uh, I... Uh. I'm in the in uh, the middle of watching a Russian film right now. I paused it uh, for the podcast. It's called T thirty four. It's uh, it's about a uh, 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 tank in uh, or the tank crew in uh, World War Two, and they get captured by the Russians. And they have to, uh, they get a T-34, uh, uh, to be like target practice. They, they're not supposed to have any, uh, live shells and, uh, they use them for training for their tanks that do have live shells. Oh, wow. And they're able to smuggle in live shells and blow the Germans up and, uh, escape. And they're, <laughs> I haven't finished it, but the cinematography is excellent. You know, yeah. uh, there's a seed. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, they're dry. They're like uh, driving the tank through this, uh, German village. uh, uh, uh I think it's a Germany uh, they're speaking German there, yeah. but uh and the villagers you know they there's no uh german uh uh defenders there to speak of because they're behind the lines and they think it's fine, so they're driving through, and all the people on the street are freaking out, and they like pull up to. Uh, the fruit stand and take all the fruit and, uh, you know, this uh, policeman surrenders and stuff. It's really good. But I'm in, uh, looking forward to seeing the rest of it. But, man, the the cinematography is fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, from uh, 2019. I'm watching the uh, director's cut. Yeah, it's called T34 because that was a type of russian tank back then but yeah really good stuff uh, i'm watching on amazon prime right now but yeah worth worth checking out uh yeah so uh uh, uh
0: i do have a show for you oh okay i uh, the new season of joe para dropped on uh Adult Swim. It's uh, it's on HBO Max if you have that, but I think you can get it also on the uh, Adult Swim. I think there's an Adult Swim app. And Joe Parra is kind of like Mister Rogers for adults.
1: Joe Pera?
0: Yeah, they're like eleven minute episodes, and uh-huh. and he just kind of like deals with regular it's like slice of life mm-hmm. so like he just deals with regular stuff but then it's kind of it, it'll have a dark edge to it all of a sudden or it, it'll just be kind of funny and silly um and his best friend is gene who apparently used to be the cameraman at the seth meyer show because uh, i watched an interview with joe para on seth and he goes yeah i used to have my cameraman gene here and you took him from me and he goes. He goes. No, he retired, and now he's acting with me. So he's like hired this guy to be an actor for the first time, uh, and he's got. Uh, he he lives in the Upper Peninsula Peninsula of Michigan, and so he just talks about like like he has an episode. There's an ep- my favorite episode is Joe Parra reads the church announcements. <laughs> And in the middle of the church announcements, he starts to tell everyone he has discovered the greatest song ever, "Baba O'Reilly" by The Who. Does anyone does has everyone heard this song? Like, <laughs> and you go through the discovery of an adult man finding a song that, of course, we all have heard, but like finding it and to the point of wanting to listen to it again and again, and and the enjoyment of it. And it's a silly moment, but it's funny and fun, and it's okay to enjoy things kind of moment.
1: Huh.
0: If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, what a teenage wasteland.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he has a girlfriend named Sarah Connor.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Who is a prepper.
1: Oh, boy.
0: and that even has fun stuff like the whole third season. He is kind of dealing with her anxiety, and he deals with it really well. So, and there, and like I said, they're like eleven minutes. I binged the whole uh, series yesterday after watching the third season because I enjoyed it so much. Is it's just real relaxing TV.
1: Is she? Is she prepping for Judgment Day?
0: The end of the world. And, <laughs> yeah, and she. And she researches it in every form. Like,
1: oh, of course they do.
0: One of her, one of the, one of her uh, lines in the show is, "I've dated a man from every military branch, and I'm still in touch with two, but just for intelligence." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's just it. It's a weird, silly show. He's this, He is a, a choir teacher, and she's the music teacher at school, and they meet. And I mean, he even has an episode where he interviews kids about like life and death. And, uh, like this kid explains that he thinks about death every day. And it was real weird to see kids comment on things like that. But it was all, I mean, it was a little heavy. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that sounds kind of fun. I will check it out. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, uh, I saw a film at the movie theater.
0: Whoa. You went to the theater. Holy shit.
1: I saw scream.
0: Oh, the new one.
1: It was free.
0: It was free.
1: Yeah. I got a ticket from, uh, uh, Matt Mungle, you know, the Hmm. Mungle show. He would give away tickets on his Instagram. So, so Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was. Uh, it was cool because I was able to watch it down here. I didn't have to watch it up in Dallas, you know. So, um, how was it? Eh. eh like really? uh, okay, the best part of the entire film, uh, in my opinion is getting to watch uh, David uh, Arquette Arquette? get killed.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: I've always wanted to see his ass killed, you know?
0: (laughs) I wanted to see him act with his ex-wife. I mean, Courtney Cox and him have been divorced for a while, and this this has been like a weird series that they like... We're married, divorced, and now revisiting each other again.
1: Well, fortunately, he dies,
0: you know. Uh, (laughs) Spoiler alert. Fuck
1: Scream (laughs) fans, you know. Big deal. Uh, But, uh, uh, yeah, it was okay, you know. It was free. Uh, I can't complain, you know. Uh, but, uh, I mean, scream fans, which I wasn't that much of a scream fan, you know, uh, will be happy because it's all, uh, for fans. It's all fan service, the whole movie, you know, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was, I enjoyed the first one a lot, uh, and then the series, you know, just had to keep being meta. So it just got harder to do. Yeah. And I didn't feel it was executing it as well. I mean, I enjoy Sidney Prescott. I mean, I enjoy the characters mm-hmm. and I enjoy that world. Uh, but the story just had to be so meta that I, I just want a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Always... I'll revisit them and see, see what I think. Uh
1: Yeah, it was just, it was, it was, uh, I think they they called it a requel. A requel? Yeah. So it's not entirely, it's a sequel with the reoccurring characters from the previous and new characters. So a requel, whatever the fuck that means. And the whole time there... Making fun of their themselves, you know, in the film, it's just eh. After I, I mean, halfway through, I wanted to get up and leave, but I was like, I don't have anything else to do. Maybe (laughs) there's gonna be a twist I'm not seeing or something, you know. Which of course is scream. There's always a twist, but um i did enjoy Was uh, the, there's a guy in the new- uh, he's a new character he's uh uh he's in the boys that show the boys yeah um yeah he's that uh, uh the kid who uh, not a superhero but uh you know it, his girlfriend got uh Killed, Got killed yeah by the speedy guy you know
0: yeah did you did you notice uh yeah jack quaid yeah yeah the girl that plays uh his girlfriend that dies she's uh, in Letterkenny. do you have you seen her yet in yeah yeah i think she's one so. of the girl hockey players that, <laughs> that, that 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 trades jabs with the other girl hockey players
1: man i love that fucking show Letterkenny every uh, I watch one show uh and then you know I I can't watch them every day I have to switch so I watched Letterkenny and uh, I started watching uh, Behind the Mask or Behind the
0: Monster Oh, yeah, those are good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll watch that, and then I'll watch uh, Kenny the next day. You know, after all my movies at night, you know, I'll watch uh, one of those flicks. But, yeah, Behind the Monsters, I've only watched the Michael Myers one so far. So, yeah, looking oh, forward to the rest of those.
0: The Chucky one is great.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: I've been on a Chucky kick, but then uh, we started watching the Chucky series on Peacock, and we got into the first episode and never really revisited it, and I know a lot of horror is trying to do series, like Scream mm-hmm. was a series on MTV for before this movie, and I was like, I don't know, horror as a series, I mean, you look at shows like The Walking Dead, like that one kind of pulled it off, but now nobody gives a shit anymore about it. I, uh, I, how I, long can you make it last?
1: I couldn't get into The Walking Dead. I just couldn't. I, In my opinion, horror is something that has to wrap... The story has to wrap up in an hour and a half or I become disinterested,
0: you know? Well, I liked Kirkman's idea of The Walking Dead because I was the same he said the walking dead was what happens when you get to that place at the end of the zombie movie. He wanted to see like them continue and and what it would get to. And he said, ultimately it'll have to end before it's just boring because it's just going to be like creating society.
1: Well, they haven't done that yet. It's boring. It's been boring. I, I think I watched three episodes of the first, Uh, See, I love it. That's all I could take,
0: you know. I I I love it, but it did get to the point, and I realized. But see, I I was coming from the comic, and this is this was a weird thing. Is I only collected these giant omnibuses? Like I had read the first volume and loved it. So uh, uh, these giant omnibuses are like four graphic novels put together, and a graphic novel is usually about eight comics. Uh So. Every two years they would come out and I would sit and read the book from the year before, then read the new book. And I would usually do it like one or two sittings because I just love the series. And it was one of the greatest comic experiences for me. It wasn't like a single issue. It was like this massive read of this world I wanted to be in and enjoyed because I enjoyed the characters. Uh, And then when they adapted it to TV, I was like, well, they're doing things differently, but I like that because it, Changed the dynamic of the group and you realize who the heart of the group was and who was the conscience of the group and how things changed. Uh, But then it got to the point where they lost people in the show that were still in the book that were critical to wanting to follow the story. Like Rick is the main character and he's not even, he hasn't been on the show for years and his son is a major character and they kill him off. (laughs) Uh, and and it was just like, now we're just watching like these other dudes. Um, If you're going to do your show like that, you shouldn't do your first five years with that same family you're following and then kill them off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I (laughs) agree.
0: And then they franchised it and it's like the apocalypse isn't a franchise, you know, like (laughs) to make money off of like, it's, it was all in the same world. They never really got anywhere, and you just got tired of watching.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got tired quick, though, I tell you that.
0: Well, that first season, Frank Darabont, I would give Frank Darabont a lot of credit. Like, he really created that world in that first season and deserves probably more money than they paid him for it lasting this long. Mm-hmm. If he didn't set that tone, it wouldn't be... There wouldn't be three shows about it.
1: Uh, so, we need to... Have you figured out which uh, movie you want to watch uh, next week for 66?
0: I, I'm i just torn. I want to do something I know, but then I feel like I should watch something I don't. I've never seen. Because I'm tempted to watch Batman 66 Oh okay, the, uh, Adam West film. Yeah, do Just that because that was my first Batman. Okay, was the TV show. So yeah, I me
1: too. Do that. Uh, I'm gonna watch uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, another western. Uh, maybe uh, my top one of my top ten films. I love that fucking. I love that uh, spaghetti western trilogy. Just.
0: I- I own all of those on Blu-ray. Just the best, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I can't wait. I'm going to watch it again. I think it's on uh, one of the services. So I'm going to check it out again. I mean, yeah, I, I could I, do it for memory. I love that film.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's weird because uh, I didn't think I owned uh, that many 60s films, and now I'm like going, okay, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that whole trilogy, and then just start to think about them in my head. I think I'm going to stay with Batman 66. All right.
1: I have a copy of it uh, too, so I'll, I'll watch it again just to brush up on it.
0: well, and since I have The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, I can watch that one. Yeah,
1: that'd be a good one. Then we could uh, review them both. So.
0: The weirdest thing I'm looking at for 1966 is the highest grossing film that year was $15 million. That's Whoa. The highest grossing film was Hawaii, for and it made $15,600,000. The second film, The Bible made 15 million. So it got beat by $600,000.
1: That's crazy because uh, Cat Blue the year before uh was the seventh uh highest box office and it made 23
0: million. Yeah, this was not a good year for movies at all.
1: No. No, I noticed that looking through, you know, I was lucky one of my favorites was on there, you know. Cause the rest of them were kind of crappy.
0: I'm tempted to also go look at TV at the time, TV and music, and see what was going on.
1: Yeah, there's some uh, good
0: music, and uh, uh, TV was pretty good too, I guess. The first episode of Batman aired January twelfth on ABC.
1: Well, uh, I have a story about Batman, uh, next, uh, next week. We'll talk about that. Uh,
0: all right, well then I'm going to, I'll, I'll commit to Batman 66 for sure then. All right.
1: Well, it's p time.
0: <laughs> we know what that means.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, so thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Ya.